Today's year begins 11 lines from the bottom of Daf Yud Omer Aleph. You'll notice a new Mishnah. Before we begin the Mishnah, in which you probably notice a couple of series markings, the double underline and diamond that appear, and on the side under the Mivneh, the structural note, we indicate the double underline highlights Kinuyim. Kinuyim, we saw, actually it's the name of our, our parak called Kinuyei Nedarim Kinedarim. We will see examples of those kind of words. Kinuyim being, we'll call them alternative words for the actual, uh, the actual vowel word. As, as, um, we also will see diamonds, and the diamonds highlight the nosim, the different topics. Nosim shonim shiesh lohem kinuyim, the different topics under which you will find uh, kinuyim. Uh, let's now turn to the Mishnah. Ha'omer kinum. Koneach, koneim. If a person says uh, any of those expressions in the context of a vow, for example, there's a, uh, a, a loaf of bread in front of him, and he says konom kikor ze olai. So, so the result of that is that the bread will be forbidden, and that's why the Mishnah says these are kinuyim for a korban. For example, the original. Uh, text or expression of, va- of a vow would be kikar ze'olai korban where a person says I want this loaf of bread to be upon me like a sacrifice or or alternatively uh, uh, korban kikar ze'olai so instead of using the word korban he uses the word konam or koneach or kones likewise these are, we continue in the Mishnah, Chorach, Chorach, Choraf, Hare Elu, Kinuyim, Lecherem. Cherem is, again, we have seen in the past, as an expression that has to do with uh, the realm of vows, where you dedicate or you, you impose a restriction on the item, uh, as, it would, as would be the case if you, let us say, dedicated an item to the Beis HaMikdush. So you might say, uh, the, you might say regarding an item, that would in effect be a dedication to the Beis HaMikdush, rendering the item prohibited for your personal benefit. So an alternative expression to Cherem are the words we just read. Now we go to the topic of Nazirus, as you can see in the follow next diamond that's coming up. Nozik, Noziach, Poziach, Harelu, Kinuyim, Lenazirus. These would be alternative words for acceptance of a Nazarite status. Shivusa, Shkuka, Noder Bemohi, Harelu, Kinuyim, Lishvua. These are alternative expressions for an oath. And now we get into the background or the underlying uh, issue that uh, um, that exists with regard to Kinuyim. Where did they even come from? And on the side we have an Osei topic heading, Mahu HaShoresh Shel Kinuyim. What's the root of this idea of having Kinuyim alternative expressions? So in the Gemara we're going to see number one, Rabbi Yochanan says Loshon Umos. These are actual foreign words spoken by people of uh, different tongues uh, we can say they're translations of the word korban in different tongues and a second approach that Rishlokish presents Loshon She Bodu Bodu is the word a word you'll find in the Gemara it means it has to be in something invented 
Shloshen Shebodel Himtziu Chachomim. Himtziu is a more common modern expression for something that's invented. Lios no derbo, in order to serve as a language of a vow. Kedei Shloyaskir Amilo Korban, so as to avoid using the word Korban. Now, of course, you're going to ask why would why is it so important to avoid using the word korban? So that is something we'll see in the Gemara. Now, turning to the Gemara, Itmar Kinuyim, Rabbi Yochanan Omar Loshan Umoshein. Rabbi Yochanan says that the Kinuyim, those are all those uh, double underlined expressions that we saw in the Mishnah. Those are all foreign tongues. They're they're translations in different languages of the respective words, korban, cherem, nazirus, or shvua. Rabbi Shimon ben Lokish Omar Loshan She. Bodu lohem chachomem liyos These are expressions that the rabbis invented in order to use uh, for making a vow. The chain hu omer, and what we, the Gemara does now is it brings a posuk where you see the word shebodu in a scriptural source. It says bechidish sheboda milibo, and in the context of that posuk, it has to do with um, with. Uh, the invention of a holiday. The time of my talkinu rabbanu Why would the rabbis establish alternative words for these respective categories of vows? Answer: The low lema korban, so as to enable a person to accept upon himself a vow or an oath without uttering the word korban. I know that korban is a four-letter word, pardon the uh, offhanded reference, but nevertheless, why is it so important to, uh, to avoid the use of it? korban, Say the word korban. What's, what's the catastrophe? It's not a bad word. Dilma Omar korban Lashem. We're afraid that he might use the expression korban Lashem. Now, korban Lashem is, a, is an expression that you find in the Torah. It's a We'll call it a rather common expression, or it's an expression that people can easily lapse into. Uh, so Morris says, "Valema korban Lashem." Once again, what's the what violation is there in saying korban Lashem? If you're if you're actually uh, dedicating something as a korban, let us say a person is, has that intent to to uh, take upon himself a vow, uh, offering something as a sacrifice. Why? Why not say the original term korban Lashem? The Gemara answers: Why? Why is it? Why did they invent saying konam or koneach instead? The Gemara answers: Dilma Omar Lashem, Velo Omar Korban. We're afraid that if a person says, if a, if we would uh, allow people or uh, not have alternative words, instead of saying Korban Lashem, a person might intend to say, he might say Lashem Korban. And if, if a person says that, he might actually say Lashem and stop short there without saying the word Korban, him having just said the word Lashem without the follow-up word Korban. And if a person ends up doing that, stopping short after just saying Lashem, he in effect will have uttered the name of the Almighty for naught, for no reason. And it's taught in the following Tanaic Susrub Shimon Oimer. We continue at the top of Omid Beis. Minayin Shaloyoimar Odom Lashem Oila, or Lashem Mincha, Lashem Toido, Lashem Shlomim. From where do we know that a person should not, when dedicating an actual sacrifice, should not phrase it like we just saw? 
Talmud Lomar, the Pesach says, Korban Lashem. So when you want to dedicate something, you have to be careful not to say uh, Lashem and then specify the name of the Korban, because as we said, you might stop short. The Kalvachomer, and from this we draw the following Kalvachomer logic. A person who let us said he wanted to say Lashem Korban. He wanted to make a dedication of something to the Beis Hamikdash. Wanted to offer it as a, as a dedicate an animal as a sacrifice. He had very nice intentions, and. Uh, uh, and that is Shalonuskavin. Let's read that word again. Umaze Shalonuskavin El Alaska Shem Shemayim Al Hakorbon. A magic person had very fine, uh, pure intentions to uh, to attach the name of Hashem on a sacrifice. And the Torah says, if you intend to dedicate something as sacrifice, say Korban Lashem. Don't say Lashem Korban. So Levatola Alachas Kama someone who blurts out the name of Hashem without any pure intention, without any sacrificial dedication intent, all the more so that would be a sinful act. Uh, up till this point then, what we've seen is a machlokis or Yochanarishlokish as to what's the root of a kinui, according to uh Reb Yochanan, it's a foreign tongue. And according to Reish Lakish, it's a rabbinic invention, so as to avoid using the word korban, which, as we just explained, could lead people to say Lashem without saying the word korban and then having the name of Hashem as, uh, enunciated in vain. Leimu Ketanoi, shall we say, and we have a long question, shall we say that the Machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Shlokish, who are Amoroyim, is actually an older, uh, historically speaking, an older Machlokas, a Machlokas Tanoim. The question you'll see, as we mentioned, is a long question, and we should point out that a triangle shape will appear in our markings and on the side. We've explained it under the Nosei, Mivne heading, the Nosei, the topic heading with a structural note. We see a triangle featured, and we've written on the side, I'm going to have a Tanaic source in which a Tanaic controversy between Beishamai and Beishelel is presented concerning something called Kinuyei Kinuyim. We'll try to explain that in greater depth as we go on in the Gemara. So, can we say that the machlokes between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish is a machlokes tanoim? Leimo ketanoi, beishamai omrim, kinuye kinuyim asurin, ubeisil omrim kinuye kinuyin mutarin. If a person uh, uses an expression that's a kinui of a kinui, and if you're going to ask what is that, Notice if you just skim down in our Gemara markings, our Mark Daf Gemara, you'll notice some more double underlining, and you'll, what's, what, what do you notice is underlined? So you'll see a few lines later, Hechidomi Kinuyim, of, and you'll see diamonds of Nedarim, and likewise the same marking that we saw earlier, we're using over here as well. How do you, what are examples of Kinuyim Kinuyim of Cherem, of Nezirus, of Shavua? All of these will be presented later in the Gemara. But let's just acknowledge that there is, there is something that, uh, that we... There are things, there are words that are categorized as kinuye kinuyim. Um, the word kinui in other contexts 
is a we we said before it's an alternative uh, expression, and when it comes to uh, people's names, for example, it's not not associated with this Gomorrah at all. But nevertheless, you find uh, Gomorrah references to the term using the word kinoi in names. For example, if, if a person has a name, his name is Robert, and he's called Bob, Bob is a kinoi of Robert. Or if a person's name is Yisrael, and they call him Sruli, or his name is Dovid, and they call him uh, Doodle, those are kinuyim of formal names. We call them nicknames. In fact, if you look at the word kinui and you switch the letters, you take that word and you switch it backwards, instead of chof yud nun, you look at nun yud chof, you get the word nick. There it is, like a nickname. Even nick is a kinui of Nicholas. So, we want to say that maybe the machlokis, we're asking a question, the machlokis between Rabbi Yochum Reish is a machlokis tanoyim, where you see base Shammai saying that if a person uses kinui, kinui, it is effective, it, it's binding, it's restrictive, it, it works, it takes effect, and Beis Hillel says it doesn't. So, why, what's the, what's the machlokis, what's the underlying machlokis? My love, here's attempt number one to explain this machlokis, is is it not so? Man diomar kinuye kinuye masurin beishamai who says that using kinuye kinuyim is effective kosovar kinuyim loshain umoisein that these are that 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 kinuyim are foreign tongues and just like the kinuyim we saw are foreign tongues they're translations of the of the uh, original word korban so too. These are likewise uh, translations, and 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 alumadomer mutorin. Basilu says that kinuya kinuyim are mutor. In other words, they're not restrictive. They're not. They don't bind. It's kosovar loshem shebodu lohen chachomim. That the original kinuyim that we saw before are rabbinic inventions, and. As such, the original words are things that the rabbis invented. And that's it, those words. But they didn't invent the kinuye kinuyim expressions. So that, since they didn't uh, invent those, they're, 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 they're absolute meaning, meaningless uh, sounds. They're not even words. So, if that's the case, then Beishamai would represent the opinion that they're Loshim Umos. And who would that parallel? So we, we, we saw that would be like Rabbi Yochanan. And Basilo, according to this suggestion, is that it's that the original Kinuyim was a rabbinic invention, and that would parallel Reish And if, just to repeat ourselves, if the original Kinuyim were rabbinically invented words, those are the words they invented, not the other words, the Kinuyim, kinuyim which we'll see uh, examples of those things later. The Gemara says no lo. That's not the explanation of the machlokes tanoim. Rather, the kule alma, as far as all the tanoim are concerned, kinuyim loshon umos hein. The kinuyim, the original kinuyim, are foreign tongues, and that means that all. That's very good, by the way, for Rabbi Yochanan's position. Here you say that you see the Gemara saying that all Tanoim will fall in line with Rabbi Yochanan's explanation. Ube Shamai Safri, Bahani, Nami, Mishtoyumos. 
the kinuye kinuyim, again, we'll see what, we'll see examples of them just a few lines from now. Those are also foreign tongues. So that we originally saw three foreign tongues. We're going to see more foreign tongues later on. And ubeis hillel, savri, bahani lomish, doyumos. The kinuye kinuyim terms are, are no people of the world use those words. V'i boyasema, another explanation of the machlokes Beishamai Beishelel, Beishamai Savri, Gazrinon Kinuye Kinuyem Mishum Kinuyen. That even if the Kinuye Kinuyem don't represent a uh, a foreign tongue, nevertheless, if a person uses those Kinuye Kinuyem, we want the vowel to be binding so as to um, so as to uh, not let's say uh, be lax with someone who actual who uses an actual kinui, but uh, again according to this eboy same the third approach we're accepting what we said in the se- stage two that the these basic kinuyim are loshen umos and base shamai uh, consistent with their standard restrictive approach to things goes a step further and says even these these non-foreign tongues, but if you use those words, we want your oath to be, we want your vow to be binding so as not to be lax with regard to a, a, a person who uses or with or a case where you use an actual kinui. Ubeis Hillel Savri Lo Gazrinon Kinuye Kinuyen Mishum Kinuyen Ubeis Hillel will tell you we don't impose that additional restriction. Namely, if a person vows <coughs> using a kinui, so he's using an actual foreign tongue to um, express his vow. Uh, as far as kinui, those are, those are just their, their, their uh, audible sounds, but they're not words. And hence, we're not going to uh, impose any restriction if he uses those expressions, because Basilo simply says there's no need to impose a xera. Hechi domi kinuye kinuyem dinadorum. What would be examples of that? And as we go on in the Gemara, uh, essentially till practically the uh, practically the next Mishnah, we're going to see a lot of. I, I'm hesitating saying words. They're they're pre- presented as words, but they might just be audible sounds that are combined in letter form <coughs> to form what looks like a word. Uh, there's no uh, point in translating them. All that one has to do is associate them with a given topic. So here we continue, Hechidomi Kinuye Kinuyim of Nidorim. What would be an example of that? Now, the Kinuyim of Nidorim, we, we already saw. That we saw in our Mishnah. Those included the words, the expressions, Konam, Koneach, Kones. Those are formal Kinuyim. However, whatever... Uh, approach you take either Rabbi Yochan or Rishlokish's approach, but those are those are, are are terms or phrases or words that exist in reality. The, the question now uh, is regarding kinuye kinuyim. Um, we saw that uh, in, uh, according to a, a, approach number two, uh, the uh, uh, kinuye kinuyim, according to Basilo, are are nothing. They're not they're not even foreign tongues. But what what would be examples of Kinuye Kinuyem of Nidorim? Tony Rav Yosef, Mekan Mino, Mekan Chino, Mekan Sino. The word Mekan Mino, if you look carefully at the word, it's a Kinui of Konam. And Konam itself is a Kinui of, of the word Korban. 
So mekanmino is a kinui of a kinui. Mekanchino, likewise, is a kinui of the word koneach. And mekansino is a kinui of the word kones. Each one of those expressions themselves, namely konam, konech, and mekones, were a kinui of the word korbon. Hechidomi kinui, kinuiim dechirem. Toni mafsho. Mafsho is the name of a sage. So mafsho teaches charakim, charachim, and charafim. And again, you can see the original kinui of cherem were the words charak, charach, and charaf. And these are what we call these are uh, adjustments of those words. Hence, we call these are kinuye, kinuye. And uh, likewise. With regard to the next expressions, Kinuyim Dinazirus, Tony Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef teaches, Mechazkino, that might remind you of the expression uh, of Nozik, uh, that we saw in the Mishnah. And the next word is Minazkino and Mafichno. The Gemara continues. Ibaya Laho. Mifchazino Mai. What about this word? Or Mishazno. What about that? Misazno Mai. What about that word? Uh, we take a look at the Rashi. A couple lines up from here. Rashi says, Mifchazno Mai, Mishazno Mai. The Mishalef be Min Zachno. The word Mifchazno could be. Uh, confused with the word, the expression minazchino. Mi have kinuye kinuyim alibo demanda osar. Would mifchazno be categorized as a kinuye kinuyim of the opinion that holds that it really is binding? We saw that in terms of beishamai above. Uh, they in the source we saw that kinuye kinuyim are binding. What would be the din regarding these words? So let's continue in the Gemara. Omar le Ravinu Ravashi. Kin momai. Notice we, we don't have an answer to that question, but there's a, um, a, a new question concerning this word, kin mo. And what's the, uh, the point of uh, deliberation regarding kin mo? So two sides of analysis. Koinam ka'omar is kin mo in effect, like konam, which is a real kinoi, oidilmo, or if a person says kinmo, kinmo besem komar. Kinmo besem is a spice that you find in the spices offered in the Beis Hamikdash, uh, and hence it's not a vow. Omar le Rav Acha Brei de Rav Kiel Ravashi, kino mai. And there's another question. What about that word? If a person says, Kino Kikarze, Kino Sheltana Golim Komar, is he referring to a nest of birds? Oh, Dilma Loshon de Konam. Or maybe he's referring to an actual Kinui of the word Konam. And that, that would then be a real vow. Tiboi, the Gemara leaves this off unresolved. So you have, a, like the word Teku, you find in many other Gemaras. Here you have the word Tiboi. Kinuye kinuyen de shvua hechi domi. Up till now, you noticed there were three diamonds which covered the topics of Nidorum, Cherem, and Nazirus. What about kinuye kinuyen of 
vows of Shavuos? Gemara answers what they would be. Shavuel, Shavusiel, Shkukel. The Gemara asks, regarding the first expression, Shavuel, that's a kinui, kinui of Shavuos. Shavuel ben Gershomashma. That the word Shuel is actually a name, and the uh, the individual's name is Shuel ben Gershom. Uh, this is a uh, a name that you find in in the in the book of Chronicles in Divrei Hayomim Aleph Perik Chavov. It doesn't it doesn't imp- imply a, a vow. So the Gemara answers uh, Ela Shavuv El. Shavusi ale, shkuk ale. The uh, with this, uh, let's say this this change, we're essentially changing the first expression, but uh, shavusi ale and shkuk ale remain as we saw just before. Omar Shmuel, Omar Ashivza. If a person uses that expression, lo Omar Klum, it's meaningless. Ashkiko, lo Omar Klum, Krincha, lo. Omar Klum. Nodar b'moi harei elu kinuyim. This, uh, of course, we saw this at the uh, end of our Mishnah on at the bottom of uh, Yud Omer Aleph. Uh, the Mishnah mentioned Nodar b'moi, and uh, it, the Mishnah it said that these are kinuyim of Shvua. So. Tanya, Reb Shmuel Mliel Oimer, Oimer b'moyi lo Omar klum. What we're going to have to pause on in a moment is Reb Shmuel is Reb Shmuel Mliel coming to disagree with, with with what we saw in the Mishnah. The Mishnah said Nodar b'moyi, that is a kino. It's one of the kinoim of a shvua. And here Reb Shmuel is saying one who is who says b'moyi, uh, it's meaningless. However, b'mumsa di Omar moyi harei elu kinuim l'shvua. Now, let us take a look at the Meforshim on this, the commentaries. We look at the Ran commentary. You'll see on the uh, upper part of the Ran page, the fourth uh, line of the Ran column, fourth line from the top. Tanya b'shmula omer, nader b'moyi lomar klum. The Mishnah that says It's not that he said only that word Klomar b'shvua shenishba moisha. The word mumsa is a is a word, is a, an Aramaic word referring to a shvua, to a vow. And b'moyi is a reference to Moshe Rabbeinu. Kidechtiv vayoyel moisha lo sheves esoish. And the pasuk is found in Shmos Perik Beis. Umishum hachi tenan nodar b'moyi. And that's why what the Mishnah intended when it said Noda Bemohi, it means he a person vowed in using the the oath of that Moshe Rabbeinu made. And in Shmos Perak Base you see that Moshe Rabbeinu made a vow. The Ilu Omar Shvua Shkuka Bemohi 
If the Mishnah had said the word, it had said simply Shvua, Shvukaj, and Bemohi, uh, which the Mishnah did not say, the Mishnah said Nodar Bemohi. Had it Mishnah said just the word Bemohi in, in the list, uh, I would have thought that that's all the guy says. Therefore, Mishmochitnan Nodar. It adds the verb Nodar. He vowed Bemohi Lashminen. The Boinon Shiaskir Nidroi Shil Moshe. The Hainu Shvua. And that's where Shimon Leal is explaining that the Mishnah that said Nodar Bemohi doesn't mean that a a shvua, a vow takes hold if you simply use the word Bemohi, but rather it means that you vowed using the vow that Moshe Rabbeinu used. Uh, so, as we said, uh, Rabbi Shimon Leal here in this brisa is simply coming to explain the Mishnah. Let us also look at the Rosh commentary on the second line under the Gemara text. B'moi lomar klum, shenire shehabez hi mishem ha-teva, ve'ebe klum. The uh, Rosh understands that what Rav Shemuel is saying, that if you say b'moi, the bez is part of the root of the word. And there's no sense that doesn't that word doesn't mean anything. V'ainu taimo de b'mumsa, Aval Mohi Umumsahen Kinuyin Lishvua. The Shvua Metagaminon Mumsa. The base is not part of the root of the word, but it's a prefix. And rather, uh, as a prefix, your basic word is Mohi. And the word Mohi is a Targum, is an Aramaic word for Shvua, for an oath. The word Vayishava mitagaminon viomi. So the word viomi, omi, or mohi, very similar expressions. So that what Rabbi Shemuel then is saying that if you say bemohi, uh, that in and of itself would create the impression that you're saying a, a you're saying an expression the where the base is part of the root of the word. Therefore, in order to dispel that. You would say if you if you would say the mumsa de omar mohi there the word mohi is is presented without the prefix to it and hence it has a connotation of a shavua. Now as we continue we we uh, learn the mishnah and mitzvahem the next shear will pick up with the gemara uh, on the mishnah the mishnah says hoimer lechulin sheicholach. Notice the Rosh commentary. The Chulin Sheuchalach Halamid Nokud Bapasach. The Avi Kemo Lo Chulin. The word would be read La Chulin Sheuchalach. With being that there's a Pasach vowelization, it's like a, it's as if a person is saying Lo Chulin Sheuchalach, meaning that which you would eat for me is not Chulin. So if it's not Chulin, if it's not common food, then what is it? A korban. And a korban is something that's forbidden. So we continue. Uh, if a person says lachulin sheoichalach or lo kosher, velo dochi, tohor, vitome, nosar, upigol, aser, using any of these expressions, if a person says, for example, nosar sheoichalach, now nosar is something that 
is uh, we'll call it the leftover meat of a sacrifice beyond the allowed time for its consumption. Pigol is a sacrifice that was offered with wrongful intentions. So if you use any of these expressions associated with a particular item, the, the uh, vow takes hold. And we have a long list of other expressions. Imra, Imra has to do, on a strictly translation level, has to do with a sheep. However, when you say sheep, you might be referring to the sheep that were offered as part of the daily sacrifice. Kedirim, uh, deer is a, uh, a pen in which animals are kept. So it might be a reference to a pen of animals dedicated as sacrifices. You're going to see at the end of this list, all of these result in being an actual vow, a dedication as, of an animal as a sacrifice. Likewise, if you say ke'etzim, uh, like wood, ke'ishim, those are things offered on the fire. Eish is the root of the word ishim, offered on the fire. Kemizbech, like the altar, ke'hechal, ke'ushalayim, nodar be'echot mikol misham she'hamizbeach, or if a person mentioned any of the uh, uh, vessels used there in, the con- in conjunction with the altar, in any of these expressions, even if he didn't use the word, the formal word, sacrifice, he in effect is vowing, uh, uh, dedicating the item concerning uh, the, the, that he was referring to in conjunction with any of these expressions. Uh, it's now dedicated as an actual sacrifice. Rebuta Omer, Homer Yerushalayim, Lo Omar Klum. If a person simply says the word Yerushalayim, now the Rosh points out using the word Yerushalayim without a Chof, in other words, without saying Ki Yerushalayim. The Chof means like Yerushalayim, but he doesn't say that. He says, he says, Ki Karzeh Yerushalayim. So, Lo Omar Klum. Just using the word Yerushalayim in the conjunction with an item doesn't have any meaning. Amir Sashem, as we mentioned before, that in our next year we're going to then analyze uh, the Mishnah and try to discover some underlying principles that help to explain things. With that, we conclude our Shi'or for today.